Good morning. I hope you've been enjoying some of the explanations on how water works. Today, I'm going to talk about some real-life situations that happened to me. They will be instructive and revealing. This is Tommy Ray. We are in episode 12 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. I have explained that I became interested in water and started asking a lot of questions. I also got burned at a time in my life when I was trying to keep a roof over our family. I'm sure most of you have had those kinds of situations. Those are the hard times in life that make you recognize and appreciate the better times. My consulting firm was focused on doing business development for a large construction company and on water. It was about a two-thirds, one-third kind of effort. I still was not making any money from water, but I enjoyed it. I don't remember how I bumped into Halliburton in about 2011. Halliburton could see that fracking horizontal wells in Colorado was going to need a hell of a lot more water than had been used in the traditional vertical wells. At that time, vertical wells used about three acre foot per well to drill and complete. Horizontal wells and fracking were going to require about 10 to 12 acre feet per well. Today, one well may require 50 acre feet. Halliburton was trying to get out in front of the increased costs to provide water service to an active drilling operation. They asked me to help figure out the economics. Economics involves numbers. I always like numbers. They are black and white. Nothing else in the world is clear. Like water. Only in high mountain streams is it clear. Water gets muddy. It's like life. Let's talk about some good, clean numbers. I know you won't necessarily like it, but we really do need to wade through some numbers to get to the economics of water. Okay, pay attention. One acre foot of water is 7,758 barrels. One barrel is 42 gallons. The oil industry does all its liquid calculations in barrels. So if you want to be in the water business serving oil and gas, you have to convert everything to barrels. In 2011 and 2012, almost all water was being hauled to oil wells in trucks. A typical water truck, one with a tractor and a trailer, carries about 5,000 gallons. Okay, let's do a little math. Don't worry. We'll only have a true-false test at the end, so if you don't remember the numbers, you can guess and probably pass. A passing grade in my class is 50%. You have a good shot at not failing, and all you want to do in this episode is not fail. Don't you just love the English system of measurements? Just a quick aside, I clearly remember trying to learn inches to feet and ounces to pounds in the fourth grade. The teacher said not to worry too much about it because in two years, the U.S. was going to convert to the metric system and then we could just remember to move the decimal place the right direction. 
Why, for God's sakes, are we the only industrialized country in the world still using the English system? Even the English use the metric system. But we go with what we have. Farmers work in acre feet. Cities work in gallons or millions of gallons. Why not do something different in the oil field? Let's work in barrels. Wouldn't that be fun? And stupid. But that's the way it is. Oh, one other little tidbit of information. I think we all know the abbreviation for barrel is BBL. Huh? Why? A carryover from the time that Standard Oil was the king of the oil industry. Their oil barrels were all painted blue. So the first B stood for blue and the BL stood for barrel. So we are stuck with BBL, meaning barrel. I'll bet you didn't know that. Back to our vertical well. It needs three acre feet, which converted is 23,000 barrels of water. And a truck can hold 5,000 gallons. Doing the math, a truck holds about 120 barrels. Dividing 23,000 by 120 equals 192 truckloads of water. And we could calculate the amount of time it takes a truck to load and unload, typically 20 minutes each. Adding in the travel time, truck charge time, water costs at the source, we could estimate how much it costs just for water service for a typical vertical well using three acre feet of water. Even a chemical engineer like me could do that. For grins, let's plug in a few numbers. Let's suppose the charge for the water at the source is 35 cents a barrel. Multiplying 35 cents times 23,000 is about $8,000. Now we have to calculate the transfer cost from the source to the well. In this hypothetical, the round trip truck time, including loading and unloading, is an hour and a half. The trucking company charges $100 an hour. So the cost to transfer the water is 192 truckloads times one and a half hours per load times $100 per hour, which equals 29000 So the trucking cost dwarfs the actual water cost. Total cost is about $37,000. Hang in here for a couple more minutes and we'll be done with the math. So when wells started going to 10 to 12 acre feet per well, the water costs went up in direct proportion. Water costs for a well using 12 acre feet of water would cost four times what a vertical well would cost. But what if we just laid pipe from the source to the well? Now, all of a sudden, the transfer costs go way down. Just some pumping costs. Of course, you also had to think about the capital costs of buying and laying the pipe. But the pipe can be used over and over again. Long story made a little simpler. The crossover point is right at three acre feet. Above three acre feet, it is cheaper to use pipe to move the water. And a hell of a lot safer.
delivering 12 acre feet of water requires almost 800 truck trips. I talked to one of the trucking companies and asked what would happen in a truck school bus accident. The owner told me he stayed awake at nights worrying about that. And environmentally, piping is so much smarter. No dust, no animal disturbances, etc. Piping wins hands down. And now with wells requiring 50 acre feet of water, there's no turning back to trucking. I guess the trucking companies just had to sell most of their equipment and move on. Now for the test. One barrel equal 42 gallons. True. One acre feet equals 8,000 barrels. Not true, but close enough. It's actually 7,758 barrels. You passed. The Halliburton study opened my eyes to what was happening in the oil and gas industry. I now knew about how much water the industry was using and that there was a better way to get the water to them. My past water knowledge and experience might pay off. I knew the legal sources of water that the industry could use. I knew who to talk to to get it. I just needed to find someone who understood pipes and how to pump water through pipes. That sounds like a utility contractor. So my search was on for a utility contractor that I could team with. I went to local water districts that I knew used utility contractors to install pipes. I talked to three and asked for names of competent utility contractors. Nice people. They listened to my story about wanting to team with a utility contractor to take water to oil drilling locations. Each gave me a list of contractors they had used in the past and liked. One name was at the top of everyone's list, Northern Colorado Constructors, NCC. It took me a while to get a meeting with the president of NCC. I presented graphs of the crossover point and explained why it was more economical to use pipes than to use trucks. This seemed to make sense to them. Long story short, I ended up forming a new company called Water Supply LLC with NCC as my partner. It has been the best relationship in the world. Chris Zadell is the president of NCC. Although a couple of decades my junior, I like and trust him as much as my brother. I cannot recommend NCC high enough. They are hardworking and completely honest. We quickly started calling and making inroads with oil and gas companies. They learned that we could provide legal sources of water at their locations at a cheaper price than others. Plus, we were the first company to say we would not use trucks. We would only pipe the water. With my previous knowledge and experience with legal sources of water, and NCC's ability to move water, we were a smart choice for oil and gas to work with. I quickly learned to work with existing ditches that snaked through much of Well County. This allowed us to get water as close to the endpoint as possible. 
we negotiated with the ditch companies to use their ditches to carry our water. Then we would pipe the water from the ditch, or sometimes from the river, to the location, maybe a quarter mile, maybe three miles away. We always kept the state engineer's office informed so as not to be moving an illegal source of water or doing anything else illegal. We had to report pumping rates, times, volumes to the state. And they watched us carefully and kept records on our water movement. The state keeps records on where every drop of water is used. These are folded into their records on farm use, city use, industrial use. They have to make sure all water rights holders are getting the water they are entitled to. So we started. The oil companies were getting water cheaper, and we were making a profit. Initially, the jobs were fairly small, like 80,000 barrels. But soon, we started to see larger opportunities. Our first fairly large job was 400,000 barrels. It was an interesting job. There was a farmer's reservoir up the hill about a half mile away. Wouldn't it be nice if we could take water out of that pond and use it? The oil company needed the water in 75 days, and they would need water for about 30 days. We had to bid it along with trucking companies. This farmer was releasing one CFS to the river from his reservoir as part of a plan to keep the river whole. Now, 75 days sounds like a lot of time, but there was a lot of work to be done to get agreement with the farmer, to get the state to sign off on our plans, to locate and negotiate a price to buy water. I need to clarify that we are not buying water rights. We are buying water and then reselling the water to the oil companies. Water can be purchased for about 1% of the cost of a water right. So it's always much cheaper and less complicated to buy physical water produced from others' water rights. Does that make sense to you? And again, we have to make sure the water is legal to use. So we thought we could find another legal source of water upstream, which we did and put 1.1 CFS in the river to replace the 1 CFS we would use out of the farmer's reservoir. That made perfectly good common sense. The river commissioner agreed with us that the river would see no change under our plan, and all downstream water users would continue to get all the water they ever got. But common sense and keeping things in balance apparently doesn't sit well with the state engineer's office. Of course, the negotiations with the farmer took a couple of weeks, and continuing talking to the state took more time. We were now about 50 days out. The state made the decision that we should apply for a temporary substitute water supply plan, SWSP. Had I known then what I know now, I would have raised Cain. But not wanting to upset the state, 
we went along with their suggestion. How long does it take to get an SWSP approved? Well, you have to submit the application, the state has to publish, and then there is a built-in 35-day comment period. Feels like we may be running out of time. Why would I have raised cane? First, an SWSP is for use in a change of water rights. Water rights changes have to go to court and usually take an average of three years. So the state decided the proponents of a change of water rights could go ahead and use the water. Typically, they would only get to take about 60% of their request to protect downstream users during the three years waiting on water court. I didn't understand the intricacies, so we made the application and waited. The 35 days passed and no public comments. On day 37, an attorney in Boulder filed an objection. That attorney has a reputation of just trying to screw things up. I won't mention any name, but most in the water business know exactly who I'm talking about. She pointed out there was not a change of water rights going on and that an SWSP was not appropriate. The state denied the application. Now, we didn't have to go to all that trouble. The state could have made an administrative decision. Since there was no change to the river and no one was being impacted, go ahead. Just meter all releases and let's make sure things are according to Hoyle. But no, they would not give us that permission. That was sheer stupidity on the state's part. You'll see in a minute that the state lost a lot of valuable water, we wasted a lot of money, and the client almost didn't get the water he needed. We are now about 10 days out. We have the contract. We decide we could add the water we had bought upstream and bring the water about five miles down a dry ditch. This was the middle of the winter. Big mistake. We talked to our water engineering firm and asked them how much water we should expect to lose by bringing water down a dry ditch. Oh, probably 15%. Okay, we doubled that, did our calculations, and started buying water. The loss was much closer to 200%. Valuable water was sucked up by the dry ditch that had been stored and was wasted with no benefit to anyone. Instead of us making $100,000 on the job, we lost close to $300,000. But we honored our contract with the oil company. That was a big hit for a little company. Looking back, I am amazed that our company was able to survive that kind of hit early on in our company's life. This is one of those things that the state absolutely has to change. They have to get over their fear of a lawsuit brought by a puny attorney. And there are several attorneys out there that just like to cause trouble. I guess their municipal client is paying for their time. 
the municipal clients need to watch what their attorneys are doing on their behalf and really evaluate that. Too often, the client is left in the dust just muttering, well, the attorney knows best. No, the attorney doesn't know best. The client needs to tell the attorney what the client wants and ask the attorney to write up the agreement. 95% of the attorneys I have met are great people. They are smart as a whip, quick to grasp the issues and serve their clients well. But the remaining few, some attorneys are deal makers and others are deal breakers. I have a horrible story to tell you about a deal break that killed a good deal for a family that needed the money the deal would have provided. And of course, the attorney charged them for his time to break this deal. Sick. Those attorneys need to get over themselves. Chris and I are not money-grabbing businessmen. We feel for the farm families we deal with. We just want to work in a manner that is fair for all parties. I'm sorry, it's amazing how long it takes to explain the issue. I am trying to keep it simple. It's not simple, but can be done. You just have to keep working on it. In this episode, we talked about the change that trucking companies had to face. They had huge investments in water trucks, and that market seemingly vanished overnight. It marked a big change. Change is a part of life and always will be. Changes will be coming to the water business. The way we do things now is terribly inefficient. I'm not suggesting that we change things in a hurry or before we know the direction we're going, but let's be prepared. Our political leaders need to start making laws to make it easier to invest in water, move it, and be better prepared to serve the population increases that we know are coming. What we have now is way too cumbersome and takes too long. We can continue to protect all existing water rights holders. Just make things simpler. We're going to have to stop. Please tell your friends about this podcast. We need more people talking about water. Next time, we're going to talk about the legalities of water in the oil business. This will lead to a discussion of groundwater rights. We never think too much about groundwater, but really, it's more important to the nation than surface water. We dig down to water below ground next time. Unfortunately, not many pleasant sounds associated with groundwater. So let's stay on top and close out by listening to our wonderful mountain stream. See you next time. <laughs>